Hey, bunch of besties. Welcome back to bunch bunch of beauties. Oh my gosh, I can't speak. My name is Sam Pravo, and I'm sweating. Maybe that's why my English is failing me today. But I I am joined as always by Jennifer Molia. Um, first podcast from my college dorm room at Quinnipiac University in Hamden, Connecticut. It is hot in my room. I am on the top floor of a building with no air conditioning. Um, but between my roommate and I, we have five fans in the room, and I have one pointed directly at me. And then after this, we're going to the air-conditioned dining hall for dinner, and I think we're going to watch a movie in our friend's dorm who brought an air conditioner. So I will be braving the heat. That's my update. <laughs> truly, truly thriving over there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm Ariel. I am also very hot. <laughs> I have a. I also have a fan directly pointed at me, cause again, very very hot. I got in my car leaving work, and it said um, it got up to 103 before I drove away, and I was like, "This is great. Ugh. love it." Ugh. No, I hate that. I, We're just I not doing touch, well. I couldn't touch the steering wheel. Oh no! I had to use my mask to drive for a second because <laughs> the steering wheel burned my hand. Ugh. That's the worst. I hate no, that. We're doing great. We're doing great. I, I got home from the Jersey Shore like literally like a little a little less than an hour ago maybe, and mm-hmm. all of our ACs were off in the apartment because we didn't want to have them running while none of us were here. And yeah. Oh boy, coming back to a really really hot apartment, but alas, yeah. alas, here we are. We're vibing. We're gonna we'll, another week of the pod. We will do. It's all for the pod. <laughs> always this for is, the pod always my disjointed english okay so unfortunately i think we need we kind of agreed before we started recording that we kind of need to address i don't want to say the elephant in the room because i feel like that's doesn't really like it's kind of mean to say when we're going to about to talk about something so sad but i feel like we have to address what's been going on the last few weeks we've had a lot of tragic passings in the hockey world um kind of different circumstances for each but um, three young juniors players were in a car accident. I think they, I believe they were all 15 and 16 years old, um, and they all tragically passed away, which is extremely sad. And then shortly thereafter, um, it was uh, reported that Jimmy Hayes, who um, whose brother is Kevin Hayes of the Philadelphia Flyers, um, tragically passed away suddenly. We don't really have an explanation, and he was – Um, 31 years old, just celebrated his son's birthday. His younger son is three months old. It's just a tragedy all around to lose someone that young, that suddenly for what seems like no reason. Um, And then lastly, uh, Roger Bear, a Rangers legend and noted extremely nice human being, uh, passed away at 80 years old. So very different circumstances for all three, but it's just... When we were trying to d- decide what to talk about this week, we were like, wow, there's a lot of sad stuff going on. So we just wanted to acknowledge that because it's it's heartbreaking and we just wanted to, at least I thought we should uh, acknowledge it and uh, point out that we're sending our love to and thoughts and prayers and all that to every everyone involved in all three uh thing uh, incidents things passings i don't know what to say so i don't want to offend anybody but every family friends anyone who's touched by these losses where we our thoughts and our prayers and our love go out to you 
Absolutely agreed. I don't think there's um, much else to say on that. But yeah, rough, rough week slash month for hockey, just in general, I think. Um, and as always, like our DMs are open um, if anybody does need anywhere to talk or wants to say anything. Yeah. We are here for you. Virtual hug. Yes, totally agreed. Echoing that statement. Um, <laughs> if I haven't, I don't believe I opened the DMs on the uh, podcast Twitter account, but I will. So uh, cool, cool. by the time this goes out, they should be open. Um, yeah. So why don't we get into what's, gonna, what's going on aside from that? Um, uh, I'm sorry. I just realized I can touch my ceiling from where I'm sitting. Incredible. <laughs> I did. I also realized that when I had a lot what of a trans- um, okay, not to, a truly not to great, off-road. Tr- a truly great transition. Why don't we... Um, I'm going to just keep trucking. Why, in an hour, yeah. in a little less than an hour, uh, USA will be playing Canada in the Women's World Championships, which I think is probably the biggest news today, aside from like the couple signings that we'll get to. But um, mm. both the US and Canada are undefeated so far in the tournament, which isn't really a surprise, I don't think. Um and they're facing each other for the first time in quite a bit, um, like over a year and a half Yeah. today, um, which is pretty crazy because normally they, I would say they play each other every few months would be safe to say in some, some mm. tournament or some exhibition or whatever it might be. Um, so that's happening today. I have the preview of the series op- of the game open. There's uh, not many notes, just that, you know, they're undefeated so far in the tournament. Um, let's see. Oh, the U.S. and Canada have met on 28 separate occasions at the World Championships. The U.S. leads the series 11, 4, 5, and 8. And the two are even in goal differential at the event. Mm. There you go. Uh, also, prior to the 2019 tournament, when the, U- when the gold medal game was USA-Finland, U.S. had played Canada in the gold medal game in all 18 of the previous World Championships. That sounds, yeah, so that sounds some, about right. Those are some yeah. fun, fun facts. Um, and before this game, so in the last game, which was two nights ago, I believe, uh, for the U.S., uh, Hillary Knight broke Cami Granado's World Championship scoring record. Um so that's awesome for Hillary, but I want to even point out that that's insane on Cam. Just is a testament to how insanely good Cami Granado was. She retired 16 years ago. Isn't that insane to think about? Like that's almost yeah. my whole lifetime. Yeah, and her record was untouched until a couple days ago. Yeah, it's it's insane. It's it almost reminds me of like um. Like the Gordie Howe records, like the Yager records, like things like that. And yeah. I do understand that we set records for them to be broken, but just the amount of time that she held those for is just absolutely insane. It is insane. And and she is a, a barrier breaker in so many ways for women in hockey. I mean, aside yeah. from, you know, being the all-time goal scorer in the world and being on the original U.S. Olympic gold team and all that. Now she's in the front office of the Seattle Kraken. So that's just another glass ceiling that she's breaking through. And I just marvel at how amazing she is. This isn't like to take away from Hillary's accomplishment because she's 
just she's also a very accomplished women's player and she's setting an example for you know the next generation of women's hockey players but I think the just finding out how long the record has been held and just mm-hmm. looking at Cami Granado's career you just have to sit back and be like holy shit <laughs> yeah she's she's definitely one of those names that I think comes up a lot when you're talking about trailblazers in women's hockey I mean her and Haley Wickenheiser are probably two of the biggest ones that I can think of. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I also think it goes to show that um, the Kraken are really putting their money when, where their mouth is when it comes to inclusion and diversity and representation. Um, so just just another kudos to them. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we we love Cami Granado in this house. We, we love and support. We do stand Cami Granado in this house. We do. Um, but yeah, so that- and then I would say another. Oh. Nope, go ahead, Aaron. I was, just a quick another thing about uh, about Kami Granada, because there's another record, just to show again how much um, she's really done mm-hmm. um, for U.S. Is, um, she had 78 points, uh, which which right, still right now is the most points earned by a U.S. player at Worlds, and that's actually another record that um, Knight is very close to breaking. She's one point away from tying the record. But just to just to hear 78 points at Worlds, that again, it's a insane. record that has stood for so long is just like, I can't even imagine. She's just... Just, just that again goes to show just, you know, what she did for USA and what she was able to do for, for women's hockey. Yeah, it's crazy. I didn't even realize 78 points. That's is because when you think about it, the world isn't that long of a tournament, right? Like it's the, sh- yeah. it's the short round Robin, then the medal rounds, but it just goes to show you not only her dominance, but also just the USA's dominance in that they've made the gold medal game every, every time, you know, I mean, when you, yeah. when you look at that, it's the USA has played Canada in the gold medal game in all 18 of the previous events. And the one time it wasn't mm-hmm. USA, Canada, it was USA, Finland. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, and like I said, she was on that Olympic team that when women's hockey was finally allowed in the Olympics, they, the U S won gold and she was on that team. So it just goes to show how trailblazing she really is. And, it's exciting. I mean, we're. I feel like it's always exciting when those records get broken, just because then you have like we're sitting here talking about it, and it give and it's just <laughs> like fun to look back. But it's also yeah exciting that we have these new women who are, you know, it, it's not like women's hockey is just getting better and better. I guess is my point mm-hmm. that that these players, yeah. Cami is a legend, and and that there's no denying that. But it's also fair to say that she was just scratching the surface of what a women's hockey player could be capable of so to think that there's a player that could down the road be even more dominant than her um or even have a longer career than her or something like that like it's just it's awesome to see that this wasn't a one-off situation I guess is is my point yeah I mean these records being broken just goes to show that women's hockey is continuing to get like I don't know if advanced is the word I want to use but like the players just keep getting better and better. And, you know, obviously we've seen that in the men's game. So to see how that translates, I think is very cool. You know, we will always pioneer for women's sports in general, but especially for women's hockey. So we'll, we'll feel good moment for the pod. For, for sure. We're definitely big, big (laughs) women's hockey fans here. I mean, Jen and I constantly talk about the NWHL on this podcast. I feel like, Um, (laughs) but also uh, Brianna Decker, is worth mentioning she also uh broke some records she became the all-time u.s assist leader in the women's world championships so 
I mean, it's just awesome to see. I, I think it's, I think it's exciting to see all this happen, especially in the time of like COVID where mm -hmm. the women's worlds weren't even supposed to happen, but then now they're happening. So super exciting in the game. It will probably is on NHL network tonight at six for those who get that network. I know sometimes it's hard to get NHL network. Uh, in certain <laughs> states, but if you have, I'm sure we could do a whole episode on NHL Network horror stories. Oh please, yeah. Like there's got to be like all love to NHL Network, but the amount of times that I've wanted to watch one specific game and I just was not able to find it because they were like doing like NHL tonight, like yep. broken, so broken. Yeah, that yeah. I mean, I feel like. I feel like accessibility of hockey games is broken. It's it's kind of seems like people's complaints with MLB games as well. That a lot of games yeah, get blacked yeah. out and everything's all broken. So hopefully the ESPN deal will kind of help with that. Speaking of that, this is the one cool thing that I saw. I don't know if you guys saw this, but ESPN Plus is going to carry KHL games as well as NHL games. Oh, I didn't. I did see that. Yeah, so I believe it's like 50 regular season KHL games and the and their championship tournament or whatever or their championship game or whatever it is i'm sorry i don't really know the khl that well but i will try to learn now that i can watch 50 yeah. khl games because i'm gonna get my money's worth out of espn plus um but that's super exciting i think i think at, at least in north america maybe not canada because we like i feel like can't like canada's the like hockey hotbed but it, in in mm -hmm. america at least I feel like a lot of people don't pay as much attention to international hockey and international hockey players. And then when they get to the NHL, they're like, who is this guy? Um, but it'll, it's cool that, that we're going to get exposed to more international play. Cause I think it's really like, at least certain international leagues are really fun to watch. For sure. I think that um, a lot of times when we talk about growing the game, um, obviously just us in our context, a lot of times we do mean, growing the game for women and for gender diverse people and maybe for LGBTQIA plus people. But I do think that growing the game in all facets is important. And that means like different leagues, different countries, different areas, you know, um, we, we call Canada, Canada, that was good. We call Canada the hockey hotbed, but um, you know, there are tons of countries that have, you know, a big hockey culture as well that maybe we don't think about all the time. And I think that the KHL being put, on a more mainstream stage is definitely going to, you know, put more eyes on it, expose more people to it. Like you said, Sam, you know, you'll, you'll watch more because you're going to have access to it. So I do think that it's contributing towards that mission of growing the game, which will be very good. Absolutely. And this is a, this is me reaching very hard for a segue, but speaking of the KHL and Russian players, Andrei Svechnikov signed a huge extension today. <laughs> That was good. That was a good. Too much of a reach there. It was. It was such a reach, but I mean, you know what? That's what we do here. We're in the business of reaching really hard to find segues. Um, it was good. But yes, Mr. Svechnikov, Mr. Andrei Svechnikov has signed. I mean, this was rumored a few weeks ago. A Russian. I feel like it was like a week or two ago, maybe. A Russian reporter had this uh, inside info that. Perhaps Andrei Svechnikov was close to signing an eight-year extension, and then the news broke today. Um, so Andrei Svechnikov signed an eight-year uh, extension with the Hurricanes that's worth $7.75 million a year, which I think is a fair value for him now. But if he continues to develop and grow as a player, that's going to be a huge steal 
for the Canes going mm. forward. So I think it's interesting that they decided to not go bridge deal and lock him up for a long time on this number. It might have, and like I think a lot of fans for the of the Hurricanes wanted that bridge deal to try to get Svetch at a lower number because I don't think they expected him to sign for this much if he was going to sign for eight years. So kudos. I mean, I, I haven't said this re- a lot recently. Kudos to Don Waddell um, <laughs> on that deal. Yeah. Um, I think it has to do a lot with Svetch just loving being in Carolina. I mean, in his exit interview this past season, he said he wanted to be a hurricane forever, uh, mm-hmm. which, ooh, woo. But um, this is super – I mean, as a Canes fan, I'm super excited for this because I love him and I didn't want him to leave. And I didn't want an offer sheet. So, yay. Svetch for eight Once again, years. Once again, we have beat the offer sheet allegations as a as a hockey community. Yeah, I mean, there still could be one. Elias Patterson still exists, but Svetch is off the table. I think I think we're going to beat the offer sheet allegations, personally. Um, and my my only thought is that I agree with you, Sam. I think that um, if he continues on this path, on this trajectory that he's kind of going on, he's going to become a very good player, dare I say, an elite player. Um, and I think they're going to kind of be kicking themselves about this. Um, or he's going to be kicking himself about it if it goes the opposite way. I don't know. We'll see what happens. I think I said it backwards, but um, yeah, it's, it's one of those where it's like, okay, like it makes sense right now, but in a year, if his stock either plummets or he like surpasses Ovi and Crosby, like then it'll not look accurate. Yeah. But it's always a, them's the breaks. I feel like (laughs) signing any contract. I mean, like any, literally any second a player can have a career ending injury so every sign exactly. every contract that signed is a crapshoot but i think in ge- like i said in general i think this is a fair deal for him now and whether he becomes this becomes the steal of the century or the overpayment of the century we'll have to find out but i'm excited for potentially eight more years of lax lacrosse goals from andre svechnikov and he said <laughs> he said that he's giving his signing bonus to his parents which i find adorable Oh, that's so sweet. We love that. Wholesome, wholesome content. Um, right. And right after the Svechnikov signing was announced, Sean Couturier got literally an identical contract. Like, it's actually identical. Eight, eight years, seven. <laughs> literally point- the same contract. It's literally the same contract. Eight years, $7.75 <laughs> million dollars a year. Of course. Um, I don't know. I mean, I'll... Because why not? Yeah, I'll yield to Ariel for this, but I... I did think that this seemed like a steal for Sean Couturier. I don't know how you how Ariel felt about it. Yeah. So, so enlighten us, Ariel. I mean, his his previous contract was absolutely like a steal for the Flyers. Getting him locked on that price that was back in I think 2015-16. He was making like four point. I don't even know at this point. Um. So that was a steal for them. So it, it was kind of coming when he was due for a new contract that he was going to get that significant increase. Because he had well, well outplayed that previous contract, and this this was a well deserved increase for him, and and I think actually smart on the Flyers' part to be able to get him locked in under eight million. I think that was a pretty savvy move, and, and it kind of seemed like they wanted to get this deal done before next season. That that's something that um, Chuck Fletcher said a little while ago mm-hmm. um, when talking about Couturier's deal is they wanted to get that deal done now as opposed to next season so that or next summer, I guess, 
so that it kind of didn't hang over his head. And he had that security of those eight years. Um, and, and numerous times during um, his press conference earlier, Fletcher just kept using the word elite um, mm-hmm. in regards to Couturier and just saying, like, you don't let a guy like that go. That that if he somehow had made it to free agency, one, I would have cried. But that's a completely <laughs> different... That's a of different course. story. That he would have been... He would absolutely have been a hot commodity. on Because um, he would have been an unrestricted free agent if I remember correctly i think he would have been a ufa so he would have been a very hot item on the market but yeah i think getting him under eight million um i don't know if i'll call it a steal um it is a very good contract i would say um obviously he's going to be going into his 30s and will be well into his mid 30s by the time this contract ends but i don't I don't see this becoming an overpayment as the contract goes and as he gets a little bit older, because I think um, his style of play will help him as he gets older. I, I know he's had injury problems as well, but I don't I don't see this becoming something that will look bad down the line, because I also think you had to do this. You had to lock him in of long term. Uh, and obviously, obviously, he wanted to be here, too, um, as well. But kind of keeping him here, he's been a part of that core um, for a very long time. Now, kind of almost right when he came in, um, it took him a little bit to find that offensive game that had him drafted as high as he did. But kind of once he did, you knew, you kind of knew he was going to be a part, a part of their future, a part of their core, and and got a very, very well deserved, um, well deserved raise, well deserved eight year contract. And there's just a lot of excitement, I think with his signing and just a lot of things that are going on in, in Philadelphia right now. Yeah, I for sure. I agree about your his style of play, Ariel. I think that's a that's a smart point to make because I was talking to my dad about the contract when the announcement came and he was saying stuff like it does his like offensive production like justify the 7 million and I was like, "Yeah, but his the he's a he's a two-way center. That's why he won the Selkie." But he's really grown his two-way game and he's become one of the best defensive centers in the game and that's something that like not on that not only the flyers really need right now but that most teams look for they need that strong two-way for like first and second line center that can you know boost give a boost to your wingers that aren't that allow your wingers that aren't necessarily as strong defensively to just do what they do and score the goals and things like that especially when you bring in someone like cam atkinson um I think that just makes a whole lot of sense. And I think it, those kinds of players tend to have longevity. I kind of think of like Bergeron, Taves, those kinds of guys. Like they're guys that are also getting up there in in age. I I wouldn't say like, you know, they're going to be the players that they were, but they're still going to be great NHL players, I think, while they're going into their early mid thirties. So Uh I think that's a good point to make that. Yes. The contract, like the term of it, I mean, he's going to be signed till 2030, but, but when you think about his style, which is crazy to think I about know, when you think about his style of play, though, I think you made a fair point that it's going to, it's not like he's going to fall off a cliff after he hits 35 yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's yeah, interesting I would, I... that. Oh, no, go ahead. You're okay. Good. Yeah. I was just going to say, I think it's interesting that the contract is like identical, identical <laughs> to Sveshnikov's because like, I don't know if I would necessarily put them in the same category, just, like, in my brain. Like, I still think of Svechnikov as, like, 
being kind of young, like, I think he'll forever be a rookie in my brain just because, like, that's how my brain works. Um, like, Brady Shea was a rookie for about a million years in my brain. Um, and, you know, when you think of a player, like, I always mispronounce the name, Couturier. Yeah. That we're good. Okay. Yeah. Um, There's a but, couple different ways, yeah. <laughs> I feel like when I think of him, I think of him as more of, like, a, um, I don't know if veteran presence is the the word I want to use, but just yeah, as more of, like, fair. yeah, just as more of, like, a seasoned player. So I think it's interesting that their contracts are so similar, and they, I do think that they are, like, of similar value. Like, I would say both of them were pretty good contracts, but it's just funny to me because in my head I still think of, Svechnikov is a rookie in Couturier as this long-standing pillar of the NHL. True. So true. I think no, it it is it is crazy to think about with, with Couturier because he's been in the league for so long that you don't realize just how long that like he came into the league as an 18-year-old and now he's getting close to 30. Yeah. So it it isn't crazy to like realize like oh snap like he's actually been in the league a long yeah. time and, and then yeah you you look at a guy like Sechkov who is only 21 years old but has already provided so much value to a team that you that he gets a contract that you're giving to a guy who's been in the league for so long it just shows I think how much value he he gives to the organization and, and just yeah. how much of a, an elite player I think he can become Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. for sure. And I think uh, to to the point of they have the similar contracts, but they're such different players. They bring so much value to their teams in like completely different ways. So I just think I I think it is very interesting to look at. But congrats to both of them. Um, yeah. And get that get that bag, get that money. True. Get your bag. My other thought about the mm-hmm. Flyers is, I mean, I feel like this is happening like. On two different teams now. Why does everyone want all to collect former Rangers players like Pokemon? I don't understand yeah. it because <laughs> I saw this yesterday and had like a breakdown. I tweeted like the gif of Ben Affleck being like, "Hello, darkness, my old friend," because <laughs> my noted former favorite Ranger, Derek Brassard is now a Philadelphia Flyer. He's played for the Islanders and the Flyers. Why does he want to do this yeah. to me? It's this is his what right. because, because clearly this is an attack on me personally, not just yes, him playing yes. where he's offered money, but it's a direct attack to me. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. One hundred percent. Yeah, it um it, it does bring back a nice little memory if we want to have a little two minute story time. The first <laughs> Derek Broussard trade that um that attacked me. Um, was the trade from the New York Rangers to the Ottawa Senators. Oh, you mean and, when I had an, a, an absolute mental breakdown? We could talk about that. Yeah, but it's it's <laughs> it's a fun little story because I was in Canada when this happened. I was in T.O.Ronto. I was at the Hockey Hall of Fame, of all places, and I did not have my phone on. Well, it was on me, but I was not on it because I was at the Hockey Hall of Fame. Um, and the trade had been out for like a couple hours at this point and I was in the gift shop and I heard some men talking about Broussard and the Senators and naturally I was like, oh, they got to be talking about like an NHL game. Like, no way. Like if you followed the Rangers at the time, like, you know what I'm talking about? Like we thought he was there for life. He was a for lifer. So when I heard that, I was like, oh, like 
they're like playing in like GM mode, like haha, like no way Derek Broussard actually got traded. And then I checked my phone as we were leaving the Hockey Hall of Fame and I was broken. And if you would like to guess what t-shirt I wore to the Hockey Hall of Fame that day, it was indeed a Rangers Derek Broussard shirt. Um, so my mom took me to a restaurant to get French fries after because I was upset. And then the next day I met Max Domi at like a meet and greet he was doing. It was like 2016, 2017, good old days. He brought his dog and all we discussed in my meet and greet time was how I nearly burst into tears at the Hockey Hall of Fame because of his dear friend, Derek Broussard. So, Max, if you're out there, um, sorry. Um, Derek Broussard, if you're out there, where is your sorry to me? Um, to me also. Just, I just would like one as well. Just, just address it to where, Where's our podcast addressed apology? Um, yeah, it was, it was just a very weird thing. Because, like I said, if, if you were a Ranger fan when Derek Broussard was on the Rangers, like, we were having captain discussions about him. And, yeah. he just, and obviously, Zabanish had worked out. Like, I'm not complaining about it now. But, like, me from 2016-17, yeah. ripped to shreds. It's so funny <laughs> because that was actually Jeff Gordon's, like, best trade ever. Like, that that, right? that trade is, like, unmatched in Rangers history, I think. But mm-hmm. um, at the time, I, I am with Jen. Big Game Brass was here to stay. We loved him. Yeah. Our clutch king. And I was, like, like he was my favorite, favorite, favorite Ranger. And I adored him. And then I was, I had woken up. This is my Derek Broussard trade story. I had woken up. I love this. I had woken up and I was, like, talking to my mom, whatever. And, you know, doing normal, like, I think it was, like, a weekend day. So it was just normal, like, weekend stuff. And then my dad called me. And I was, like, hello. And he was, like, sorry, like, like sorry about your boy and i'm like my boy what do you mean he's like yeah the trade he's like yeah the trade i'm single he's like yeah the trade and i'm like what because at the time the hurricanes were shopping jeff skinner that was when like every summer the range the hurricanes were shopping jeff skinner so i was like oh shit jeff got traded and i didn't see it so i was like what what about jeff skinner i don't think he got traded and and my dad was like no brass and i was like i'm sorry because that was not even on my radar at all so mm-hmm. I start panicking and having a breakdown and I check Twitter. And then one of my best friends at the time was calling me and I was like, I have to go. Paige is calling. And so I hung up with my dad and picked up with Paige and I was like, I just burst into tears. And I was like, they traded press. And she was like, I know that's why I'm calling you. I want to make sure you're okay. And I sobbed on the phone with her for like five minutes and I hated Mika Zibanejad when he got here. As did I. I was like, As did I. I was like, screw this guy. He's not Derek Brassard. Not my Brassard. I don't even know who he is. Like, <laughs> not my hockey man. Like, I was so upset, and then I quickly got over it because I realized how much of a steal that deal was. But I will still have a soft spot in my heart for Derek Brassard always and forever. Of course, and I mean, I I see it as we lost Derek Brassard to the Islanders indirectly. But we gained Ryan Strom from the Islanders indirectly. So things things work out. That was another trade that I heard about in a weird way. I was like in high school, like coming home from a club meeting and I got in the car and like my phone had blown up and I was like, oh my God, is someone dead? No, Ryan Strom just got traded to the Rangers. Nobody died. Just one for one, Ryan Strom, Ryan Spooner, you know, vibes. 
Yep. God, I feel like we all have chaotic trade stories. That could be its own episode. Honestly, yeah. I mean, my my Jeff Skinner trade story. I mean, why don't we just do it now? I mean, what else is there to talk about? Not That's so true. There is nothing else to talk. My about. my Jeff Skinner trade story might be my favorite because I had I was literally with him the night before. Like I was I was at Smash Fest with that. him the night before, and. I was so excited to tell him that I was coming to Raleigh in September to see him play. And I was like, I'm coming for a preseason game. And he was like, oh, that's cool. And whatever. And then we had our night, whatever. It was a great night. I love Smash Fest. We all know this. And so then I get on the bus to go back to New York. And I'm a little hungover. I'm not going to lie. I get on the bus to go back to New York because I had stayed up till like five in the morning. This is a tangent. I'd stayed up till five in the morning and then my bus was at nine and I had it repacked my bag. So I got like a nap. So I'm like dying on the bus ride home back home to New York because it's a long ass bus ride. And all of a sudden my phone blows up and everyone's like, are you okay? Are you okay? Are you okay? Are you okay? And I'm like, am I what? Why would I not be okay? Yeah, like, like, no. I just no. left on a bus. I was like, I'm like, actually, no, I'm not okay. But like, what's going on? And then I saw Elliot Friedman's tweet that Jeff Skinner was traded to Buffalo. And like, I had like, I went through like the five stages of grief. I think like all at once because yeah. I was shocked Then I was in denial that it was happening. Then I was like, oh shit, like, Ew, Buffalo. But then I was like, oh, wait, I lived in New York at the time still. So I was like, oh, shoot, he's living in my state. Let's go. And I saw him play the most times in person ever in one season, the next season. But it was a wild, that was a wild gambit of emotions. And then I got mad because I I was like, I told this guy that I'm going to Raleigh to see him play. And he, to my face, was like, cool. Next day gets traded. So that was that's my that's my Jeff Skinner trade story. Yeah, I feel like we we have like these weird trades where like we love the player, like we're not necessarily like attached to the team, but then like when they leave the team, it's like, oh, like I I know obviously like the Hurricanes became your second team, but I feel like when Ryan Storm was on the Islanders, like I was able to see him a lot, so I was happy because I live on Long Island. And then when he got traded to Edmonton, I was like Y'all couldn't have kept him in the Metro. Like, you really couldn't have. I think I saw him three times the next season because they did, like, a Northeast road trip kind of thing. And it was, like, I had a long weekend from school for, like, Veterans Day. So I went to Islanders Oilers in Brooklyn. I went to Devils Oilers in Jersey. And I went to Rangers Oilers at Madison Square Garden. At the first game, I got a puck. At the second game, I got a stick. And at the third game, I got, um, I feel like he got a penalty. Yeah. So. <laughs> the trifecta. Find- I, absolutely. Finding out about trades is so wild because you literally don't know when they're going to happen. Like, I feel like the NHL, like, trade deadline day is so quiet a lot of the time or, like, you know it's coming. So you, like, hear about the rumors are there before the trades even happen. But then in the off season. You like you could be in the hockey hall of fame. You could be on a bus home from Canada. You could be like chilling out in your high school, and then all of a sudden, a trade happens. Yeah, Ariel, do you have any trade stories? Oh, if you want me to go back to my true, true sadness of a couple years ago, uh, me and my friend were at a Flyers draft watch party, um, and it was the year that they drafted Nolan. 
Okay. Um, it has nothing to do with him. That's just to set the scene. <laughs> um, so obviously they had the second pick, so we didn't really need, we didn't really bother to stay for the rest of the draft. Um, I don't remember when when we left exactly, but uh, my friend's house was maybe like 15, 20 minutes away. So we we get back, and I'm following on my phone. I refresh Twitter. I don't remember who I saw this from. I see Braden Shen to St. Louis. Broken. And I just started bawling. Breakdown. And I'm like, they literally, I had to go uh, like to her like upstairs because I just like could not <laughs> like. And I had I had that moment too of like of the denial of like no like just refreshing like no no that didn't. Just kidding, he got it wrong. Like that's not what's happening here. Like, and I'm sure it was like a Friedman or or like a Dragger. It was like obviously like a guy yeah. who knew the hell he yeah. was talking about. And I just started like I was balling. Like I could, and I was like, nope, this is it. Like I hate you, Flyers. Like I can't do this. Like there's probably still tweets up of when that trade happened where I was like, I hate you, Flyers, and and all that. And and similar to what you said too is I irrationally tried to hate Morgan Frost and Joel Fair. Just irrationally. Because I'm like, no, 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 no. You guys were the ones who came, who were the draft picks in the trade. Like, I can't like you. <laughs> and then they were good. Well, Fer- Farabee was good, and I was like, bullshit. And then, you know, years later, I'm a St. Louis, Blues fan, St. Louis Blues fan and have a Braden tattoo. So, I mean, I guess we got that from from all of that. But, yeah, I, thankfully was not still at that watch party because that would have been a scene. I cannot um, imagine. I that would have like that would have been um, because... a great story. I cried at the. I oh no, Ooh. that's like that's a good YouTube. That's a good YouTube title. Like I cried at the Flyers draft party. Not clickbait. Not clickbait. <laughs> well, thankfully it wasn't actually even like a like through the Flyers. Flyers. It was through like Broad Street Hockey, which like obviously like was still a great was still a great event. And someone um, we knew um, who's a part of Broad Street Hockey who lo- who also loved Braden had to like had to like go outside because of it. We, uh, I found out later. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, good. We I would have had someone. I would have had a moment with someone then. But yeah, I'm very glad that I wasn't still there because just instant like ball. Like I was just I was done for a little while after that. That's fair. I. I'll do I'll, I'll do one more, but I, I think I might have told this story on the podcast before, or, like, most people who know me have heard this story because it was recent, but... Um, I'm excited. I was at work on trade deadline day last February... Not February of 2020. Yeah, February of 2020. And, you know, there was all the Kreider rumors and there was everything else, but then the, we re-signed Kreider and everything was great and blah, blah, blah. And then the deadline passed and I thought we had made it through. I was like, great, it's over. Only minor things for the Rangers, no big deal. And then I see Brady Shea to the Hurricanes. I literally, so in our in our office, we have rolling chairs. I smacked my desk and just rolled away from my laptop like, no way. Because I was going to Raleigh that Friday for a trip to see my best friend and go to a game. And I've met Brady Shea a lot. I mean, I feel like a lot of, I mean, if you're a Rangers fan and you go to meet players before games, you've met Brady Shea. Like, you've met him a bunch. You've met Brady Shea like yeah. at least five times. I think five times is, is, yeah. is an easy estimate. Um, he, mm. he always stops for fans. He makes sure everybody gets whatever autograph picture they want. If you don't like the photo, he'll let you take another one. Um, 
He truly is the king of fan service. He really is. He's like the. We love he's that. honestly the like not even like nicest. He's definitely the nicest hockey player I've ever met. But he's like top nicest people I've ever met. Um, right. Anyway, yeah. so I've met him a whole lot, and so he already kind of like knows my face, and so now here I am, like, oh my god, I'm gonna be in Raleigh. Like, I might see one of his first games, and he's gonna see me, and oh no, what is that reaction going to be? Um, why is she here and so i why did she follow me i mean that trip was a whole long story and I, I, we can talk about my puck to the head another day but uh <laughs> i ended up going to oh good times i ended up going to the canes version of casino night called canes bash that's pr- the reason for my trip and brady and Vinny trocheck who the hurricanes had also acquired um had to be there even though they'd only been on the team for like three days and so I walked up to Brady and we said hi. And he's like, he literally said what I thought he was going to say. He was like, wait, what are you doing here? And I was like, I can explain. I promise. And I explained to him the whole story about how I had had this trip planned for months. And he just so happened to get traded. And he was very nice about it. And we had a nice little laugh about it. And then we talked about the, the staples in my head. And we just chatted about the Hurricanes and the Rangers. And it was a lovely chat. And as always, he was very gracious. But... I was not going to lie to you guys. I was very nervous for a little bit, but that, that might be like my funniest trade story because like what, like what were the odds that that was going to happen? Didn't you get the, um, like the call sheet from his first point? Yeah. Too? So he got an assist in the game that I went to and shout out to Minter. Uh, Wade, Love Wade him. Minter is a king. He was, he's the PA announcer for the hurricanes and he's the nicest guy, a great Twitter follow. He's just a super cool dude. And I've been fought. We've been mutuals for a long time. And he knows how much I love Brady. And so, and I, th- I think I had already posted about my head. So uh, when Brady got an assist on a goal, uh, he DM'd me and he was like, I, like, are you leaving? Like, are you, basically he was like, are you going to the hospital after the game? And I was like, yes. And he was like, can you like wait a little bit and I'll give you the call sheet. And so for those who don't know what a call sheet is, the PA announcer, whenever there's a goal, or anything they have to read out. They get a script, but for the goal, it's called the call sheet because basically it fills it in like goal scored by, and then they write it, like he'll write in the names. Um, so he writes in all the information for the goal and then he shares he shares it on the PA system. And so he gives away a lot of those call sheets. Um, he'll sign them and all that. Um, and so he signed it and gave me Brady's first point First Kane's point goal sheet, call sheet. So I have that. I love that. That's. I feel like we have such chaotic story. This is just a little story time podcast. Um, I think in an appropriate way, since we're we're at like maybe fifteen minutes to an hour. I think a good way to end this would be Sam's. I broke a trade story. Oh shoot! Yeah, I did break a trade. Okay, so if you would like to tell it, I think it would be great. Gather round, everybody. So I <laughs> went to. Um, I I'm a big Leafs fan. They're like my third team, I guess, to the Canes and the Rangers. I like a lot of hockey teams. Multi-team Twitter haters are gonna come at me. It's okay. But I went to their game at MSG, and they were on their mentors trip. So instead of a father's trip or a mother's trip or whatever, they had a mentors trip. So you weren't allowed to bring your mother or your father. You had to bring someone who was a mentor to you in life. So a lot of them brought like 
extended family members or um, we were talking to Michael Hutchinson's goaltending coach um, after the game because he was having a cigarette and mom and I were my mom and I were standing outside and we just talked to him. It was really sweet. Um, <laughs> but that'll come in in a second. But Travis Dermott brought his grandmother. And she is adorable. We stand Nana Dermott. Anyway, so after the game, I always try to like maybe see if we can catch some of the players going to the team bus before they go home or to their hotel or whatever it is. And we were standing outside, and that's when we ended up seeing Michael Hutchinson's goaltending coach. He saw us in our Leaf stuff, and we were chatting. And I was talking about how I love Travis Dermott, and I thought it was so sweet. He brought his grandma. His grandma's adorable. He walked back on the bus and pointed me out to his grandmother and was like look nana dermot she's in a in a dermot jersey whatever and she had like her kindle or whatever and she got out of her seat and looked for me and waved at me a very cute moment shout out nana dermot shout out travis dermot they're sweet family anyway so now we're all we're watching everything like go down we're just seeing when the leaves leave and i see like an escalade type uber walk up and someone who presumably works for the Leafs is putting equipment bags in the trunk. And I'm like, that's a little strange. What's going on with that? And Trevor Moore walked out and looked like he was hugging a bunch of people goodbye. <laughs> he gets in the Uber and he leaves. And the two buses, the, the Leafs bus and the Mentors bus, was still parked at MSG, not moving at all. And I was like, oh, that's a little suspicious. Yeah. Mostly because it, yeah. it looked like he was hugging people goodbye. I'm like, what? It looked like he was, like, having, like, a peace out, fam, see you later type conversation. That's not a bye for two minutes while I go to the bathroom. No. Like, that's, that's a bye. So I didn't want to, like, I didn't want to alarm anyone by tweeting about it so i dm'd my friends who are my leaves fan friends we have a group chat and i dm them and i said i don't want to like stir the pot or like spill tea where there's not tea but trevor moore just got in an uber and left msg but everyone else is still here like uh -oh. trade question mark so my friend lauren uh Laura Kelly 24, I believe her at is Lauren Kelly. She works for Sportsnet. She's and writes for Elite Prospect. She's amazing. Good follow. Anyway, wonderful human. She screenshotted it and she was like, I'll like block out your name. Can I tweet it? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. So she tweeted it with like the shifty eye emojis. Yeah. Maybe two minutes later, Elliot Freeman said that Trevor Moore was traded to L.A. And I was like, holy shit, I broke a trade. <laughs> so you did. Every now and then, that's my um, pin tweet on Twitter uh, where I'm like, it, it's me, the NHL insider. When really I was doing like, I was on my fangirl shit and I was trying to like meet Travis Ermit and I was like waving to his grandma and everything. And I ended up happening to see a trade. But yeah, I'm basically an NHL insider now, guys, if you didn't know. Um, but yeah, that was that was probably like the most wild experience of my life, like seeing a trade happen in real time. I love that. No, honestly, I love that story so much, not only because it's like fun and you're my friend and that's cool, but because it just goes to show that like fangirls run this shit. Like I say it a lot about the music industry, but like sports, like Sam was just out here like trying to get her bag, like trying to meet some players and like 
literally broke a trade. Like, fangirls run every media industry and probably more industries. Like, you cannot tell me otherwise. Like, it's just how it is. Agreed. And I also, I think it was so interesting because I don't know about you guys, but I've always thought about, like, what happens when someone finds out they've been traded. Like, how does, like, what what goes on after that? So clearly, like, this, Kyle Dubas did this during the game, which, like, savage. And then they tell him, like, what did they do? Like, pull him aside in the locker room? Did they just say, like, yo, the Uber's here. Get the fuck out. Like, like I'm like like peace. Yeah, it was just so fascinating, and like I don't know like what happened because like obviously I'm sure he brought a mentor with him on mentor's trip. I don't know if he just mm-hmm. stayed with them on the bus. Like I don't, I didn't see anybody else leaving the Uber with him. So fascinating, fascinating incident to see occur. Um, and I I do wish that I had t- had the balls to tweet it, but at the same time, honestly, my friend Lauren has a little more clout than me when it comes to that stuff so it was fine that she tweeted it and it still made the moment really fun and i'll never forget that that was awesome also just how nice michael hutchinson's goaltending coach was and how nice nana dermot was shout out there you go that was that that was like a good little episode i know there wasn't a lot to talk about this week that wasn't sad but oh yeah we could have we had a little story time i'd rather talk about like our fun like trade like our own like player experiences than like how gross Dustin Penner and Brandon Press were on Twitter that this week like yeah. we don't need to give that any yeah. we don't need to give that any attention we can just talk about like when we cried at the Hockey Hall of Fame instead. This is true. I think I think there will be some good memeing on our Twitter account about these stories this week. I'm just I'm excited to to match some reaction images I'm, with. Sam on the bus on the way home finding out. <laughs> I'm just thinking about like like I, I I just picture like the Lisa Simpson like dead staring like dissociating meme. That was me like reading my phone. I was like just <laughs> what? me in the kitchen of my friend's house. Dead. There will definitely <laughs> definitely just be me memes. In the... well, there will definitely be memes. Yeah, me in the kitchen just <laughs> refreshing Twitter and just in utter disbelief. When Ariel was talking about the Flyers one, I just thought of, like, the TikTok audio that's, like, the Nicki Minaj song, Roman Reloaded, like, sped up, and it's, like, and it's, like, Ariel leaving the Flyers party, (laughs) only to find out. God. What what a time. When you said in the kitchen, Ariel, I just thought about uh, Ariana Grande, like, positions, positions, but, like, not in the way she's singing about, like, positions of where you found out hockey trades. (laughs) We should parody it. I was waiting to see where that like, was headed. I'm in the kitchen finding out Brady Shen was traded. I'm in the bedroom finding out Derek Broussard was traded. Like, <laughs> I'm in the Hockey Hall of Fame finding out about the Derek Broussard trade. I'm done. Oh my gosh. But this was a fun little episode. Um, I mean, we're all sweating and Jen has to go do college things. So we'll wrap it up a little yes, early. Yes, I'm, I'm going to get dinner at the dining hall very excited i had penne al vodka yesterday for dinner yum and it was yummy um there's like an all-day breakfast place at our dining hall yeah i was thinking of trying uh, yeah i don't remember it's like breakfast (laughs) and stuff or something yeah we love breakfast and we never like remembered the names we were just like i'm going to the i'm going to get the pancakes okay and we all knew where it was yeah yeah i i have heard less than stellar things about the pancakes 
Um, as my roommate sits across the room from me, she had pancakes this morning. They were not very good, she said. Um, um, it's hit her. Her fin also just fell. We're struggle bus here in our room. Um, the pancakes, but, the pancakes at Quinnipiac are hit or miss, but they're seventy five cents, so you can't go wrong. There you go. I'm I'm intrigued about the French toast. I feel like I might do that, um, but it's also disgusting out. So I feel like a nice cold salad. I don't know. Come back next week. What did you for eat for dinner? <laughs> Of dining hall food. That can be our next table. Jen, Jen's Chartwell's review. Yeah, I mean, my my food that I've had so far, I had penne alavaca. It was very good. I had a raspberry lemonade. That was also good. And then this morning, uh, my friend brought me a granola bar before our information session that we went to. It went right through me, did absolutely nothing. Um, and then I went to the dining hall and got fruit cups. So I had some grapes and they were yummy. <laughs> And I had a cookie that my roommate's mom made and a bag of free chips that we got yesterday when we moved in. So welcome to my fitness pal bunch of beauties edition. That is all the food that I've eaten since I've arrived in Connecticut. Whenever I got to school, I would always be the psychopath that was like eating the soup from Aubon when it's like 90 degrees out. I didn't care. I was like, that soup is fire. I'm going to eat it. I've heard really good things about like the caprese sandwich oh, from Aubon. Yes, it's my favorite. That okay, that, okay. That and the Asian. Well, you don't eat chicken, but the Asian wrap is so good. I'm on it. it I has, will. I will add to the list. It has crispy wontons in it. <laughs> on that note, thank you. On that thank note, you for coming to to this episode of Quinnipiac's Dining Hall Menu. Honestly, <laughs> Jen and I will bond over this for weeks. No, I just- we will. I just like to eat everything, though. Oh, I'm going to destroy some leftovers that I brought home from the shore because the seafood down there is insane. Anyway, bef- before we all pass out from being hungry, um, <laughs> thank you all for listening this week. I know it's a short one, but we'll be back somewhat to normal. Hopefully there's some uh, better news next week uh, at NHL. Yeah. Do something, please. Um <laughs> But until then, you can follow us on Twitter at Beauties Pod. And like I said, I'll open those DMs. So if you guys need to reach out about anything at all, uh, well, we're here. One of us will answer you. Um, and yeah, we hope you guys have a great week and we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye.